Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey everybody, Dr. S here. Thanks so much for listening to the She Heals the World talk show today. So today, as always, I am really excited to bring this special guest on. I'm bringing on my neighbor, who is not really my neighbor, but she lives in the New York City area, so we're considered neighbors, Nitika Chopra. I've been waiting to bring her on the show. She has built a tremendous brand and a beautiful name for herself, all the way from being a talk show host on a network called Z Living to creating an online business and a brand that now centers on supporting people who have chronic illnesses. I really wanted her to come on the show today to encourage those of you out there who are experiencing challenges growing your business, not because of, or I should say, not just because of the technical pieces that are required in building your business, but mostly because of your health. There are a lot of women in our community who struggle with a variety of things, all the way from anxiety to um, certain personal health challenges that have to relate to their hormones through headaches and migraines, and the list goes on. You never know what somebody is going through. And one, one thing that I notice is that we don't talk about that enough. We often just go straight into the tips and tricks with how to build your business and how to get your name out there, but we don't talk about the personal struggles that one might have when they're dealing with things that are outside of their business, that they're still trying to overcome and conquer as they go out there and build their dream. And so Nitika has been through it all, and she's here really to give us her tips on how she has personally overcome having a chronic illness and what she did in spite of having that to lift her career as well as give you some tips on how you can do it too. She is the best person to speak to this issue. I couldn't think of anyone better to come on here and really represent women well. And so please join me in welcoming her to the show. Nitika, I'm so happy to have you. Why don't you tell us how you got started in this work? Yeah, I mean, I've been in the content creation space for about 10 years now. So it's Definitely been a while. Um, how I got started, you know, it, it feels like it was kind of a lifetime leading me up to how I started, which I think a lot of people can probably relate to. Like, it's maybe one or two defining moments, but it kind of was a cumulative um, effect from things I had been through my whole life. So I, about 10 years ago, decided that I wanted to have a talk show. It was like a dream of mine because... I had been through a really intense health story and health journey. Um, at that time, it had been for about 20 years already. And I felt like I wanted to help people, but I also knew that I had a skill of being on camera and doing things in the media. So I logically thought that, you know, talk show hosts would be like the best option. And, um, <laughs> I just had this idea. So, and then from there, you know, I didn't, I kind of looked at what I was 
what I was dealing with. And I had no money. I had no experience. I had no resources. I, you know, didn't really know that many people. I was newly divorced um, just a few years before. And, you know, there was a lot of things in my life that didn't really add up to showing me that I would ever have a talk show. But I decided to sort of take it into my own hands. And I was like, you know what? I really feel I'm a very spiritual person. And I really feel like this is what I meant to do. At least I didn't realize at the time, but at least that was like the first step of what I was meant to do. And so I decided to create an online magazine. And, you know, now creating content and, you know, doing podcasts and all that kind of stuff, like it's so much more common. Like it's, you know not so wild and crazy to do something like that. It's, it's a great form of self-expression. But at the time, it was definitely out of the box. And people were like, what are you doing? And why are you doing it? And this doesn't make any sense. But I had this feeling that if I created an online magazine and I showed people who would come to the website that my content was the kind of topics that I would want to have on a show and my guests were like my guest contributors that were writing were sort of like the guests I would have on a show. And I would have videos on there of me talking about different things so that they could see how I was on camera. And I was just like, I'm just going to manifest this. Like I'm going to basically spell it out for them. Let them, let them see that it could be a show. And it felt crazy. It felt like I didn't know what I was doing. It was hard, but it felt like the right thing to do at the same time. And so I started and three years later, I got a talk show, actually less than three years later. Um, and I got a show on global television. It was on this channel called Z Living, which is owned by Asia TV, which is a very common um, South, South Asian network. And, um, yeah, and it was, you know, it was an amazing experience. So that's kind of how I started everything. So when you were thinking about these big dreams, like knowing that you had a chronic condition, how did that impact your mindset? Like, what did you do to make sure that it didn't affect how you went after your dreams and even the confidence that you had in your ability to actually make things happen? It was... It was something that I tried not to focus on too much while I was going through that specific part of my journey because it was such a dream come true that I kind of had to be a ninja with my negative thinking, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I just kind of had to be like, absolutely no, not today. Like you have two shows to film today on global television. You don't have time to like be upset about this thing. And not in a way that like I, I'm a big advocate in feeling all of my feelings and expressing those feelings and sharing them. And I, I know that that is so important. But there comes a time when I felt all the feelings afterwards, you know, <laughs> and I felt and on the weekends, you know, but during the week, I was just. I mean, I even sent an email to my friends and family that said, if I don't respond to you during this time, this is why, because I was just in such diligent practice around the opportunity that I had been given, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that was hard about my health, so I have psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and my psoriasis was in the middle of like a flare during the time that I auditioned for the show. And my psoriasis was all over my hands, 
which considering it was a beauty show was mm-hmm. kind of a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I just pretended like it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. I just, I went in and I wore sweaters that went down to my fingers and I was just like, yep, nothing's happening over here, folks. Let's keep it moving. Everything's fine. (laughs) And I even, you know, I actually had one of the producers after I was hired asked me about my psoriasis because, you know, even in the, in the interview and in the acceptance meeting and all of that, I I still had psoriasis all over my hands, but I was about to enter a new treatment for my psoriasis that I had a feeling would help at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really worried about it. I was like, this is embarrassing, but like I have a month or two to kind of get to the other side of this. And I think that'll be enough time before we start filming. Mm -hmm. And one of the producers asked me about my psoriasis and was kind of like, what are we gonna do? about it. And I was just like, I don't know what you're going to do about it, but I'm going to take some medication and I'm going to be okay. And we're just going to keep it moving. Like, you know, like this didn't give any room for me to be, and I don't know, you know, what your listeners comprise of themselves of, but I'm a woman of color. And I was just like, this is a rare opportunity that I'm sitting in this room with a bunch of white male producers and I am not giving them the opportunity to let me feel anything more, you know, anything less than I am in this moment. And that was a huge part of my journey as well. Like, where did you learn that? How old were you when you got diagnosed? And was that a part of you developing this mindset that, you know what, I'm just going to do it anyway? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, where did I learn that? I think, I I mean, my mom, ever since I was two years old, has called me a pataki, which means firecracker in Hindi. Um, If that tells you anything. (laughs) Um, You know, so it started young. Um, You know what I really think it is, is because I am, I'm a very spiritual person, God, no religious affiliation, but God has always just been like the center of my life. And I think it's been that way because when I was on my knees in the darkest, darkest, darkest moments of my life, when I thought I possibly wouldn't be able to continue with my life because my bones were deforming from my arthritis and my psoriasis was covering 95% of my body. And I couldn't walk with that severe pain for like almost six years. And, you know, there was just, it was just very dark, you know, um, there was always this part of me and it's been this way since I was a very young kid, even though I didn't have the words for it then that was really committed to knowing the truth, if that makes sense, like the divine truth in every moment, right? So it's like, I'm sitting here with someone who is trying to make me feel small, let's say, and in my body, I can feel my body saying, that's not the truth. Does that make sense? And that's really like your intuition. I I mean, some people say it's your intuition. To me, it's God, you know, whatever that might be for you. But that has always been there. And I think a lot of people, whether they've been through a chronic illness or not, can relate to that part of them that, you know, maybe when you're younger and some people, maybe they got bullied or like their parents weren't always the most supportive or different things like that. And, and it just kind of makes you feel like there's something going on here. I don't understand. Like, I think I'm a nice kid or I think I'm trying my hardest, but I still 
can't seem to get out from underneath all of this, you know? And I think there's just that part of me that over time, um, I was really bullied when I was younger. I got into a lot of trouble when I was younger, um, just being, you know, a Pataki, not doing anything crazy. Um, But there was a time in my life when I started to learn about my strengths and I started to learn that that part of me that knew the truth on the inside was actually very powerful and very pure, you know, and um, was very important. And so I think, I think that's just like growing up, right? It's like, There comes a part of, there there comes a time where like you sort of are on one end of the spectrum, maybe for a lot of people when they're growing up, they just don't trust themselves as much, or they're always questioning themselves, or they're getting tossed around, whether emotionally or otherwise. And then there just comes a time where you're just like, no, I know that this is okay. I know that I'm feeling something that's real, you know, and it's taken me a long time. Like that was one situation where I know that I did that. Um, and even with getting the talk show, I mean, I used to walk around pretending that I was basically Oprah and I was like, not one person knows who I am, but I'm just going to pretend that mm-hmm. you know, me and Oprah are on the same page. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I have like four YouTube views and they're all my mother and I'm just like, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> Oprah and I are on the same page. Yes, of course I'm going to have a show. Or what are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of like healthy delusion that comes with all of that. Yeah. You know, but I think that's kind of where that came from. It's been a part of me my whole life, but it took me time to really honor it over the years. Absolutely. Totally get that. And I think one interesting thing that you said was with this whole mindset shift is that we have this inside of us already. And everyone has been through a challenge growing up, whether you are a person of color and you are maybe in a majority environment where you don't feel like you fit in. And so you automatically know that to survive, you have to have a particular mindset. Or if you are of of the majority culture or not a person of color, there are other things and other places where you may have felt like you did not fully belong. And so as a child and growing up, we kind of have these experiences that help us to create a stronger mindset. And so what I heard from you is that you tapped into that power and you use that when you were dealing with your chronic illness to be able to push past the limitations that other people are placing on you. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there just comes a point where, you know, when I was in my early 20s, that was probably the darkest time for me. Um, When I was in high school and middle school, that was really hard too. But when I was, I got diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis at 19. And, um, you know, from 19 to about 25, it was, it was the hardest period of that. And then I also got married and got divorced and it was just a really dark time. And I, I think during that time was when I started to really realize that, that a lot of this in, in terms of your mental state, right, is a choice. Mm. And I don't say that to discount any sort of mental illness component or mental health component that is genuinely incredibly overwhelming and that needs medical attention and all of that. So I do not say that to discount those moments. 
But there was just this pattern in my life personally where I was choosing suffering on a regular basis because it was all I had really ever known. Mm. And I learned through very, very, very tiny movements and steps, you know, at the time. It wasn't these huge, you know, moments. It was these really, really tiny moments that I started to learn through, you know, I was certified as a life coach around this time. I learned about, you know, the power of positive thinking. And years later, I learned about the secret and all these things. And like, I think a lot of that stuff can go too far sometimes because it sort of takes out the uh, the beautiful process of grief and processing your emotions and, you know, really feeling things. But there is a point where if you are emotionally and mentally capable and willing to choose a, a more loving, kind thought, whatever it happens to be, that that's just a practice that you can kind of start practicing and getting more comfortable with over time. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of the time period when I started to really push myself to build that muscle, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about self-care? So kind of going into the maintenance part of your business and not, I don't even want to say maintenance. I mean, you are continuing to push forward and take your brand and your business to the next level. And so what kind of self-care practices do you put in place in order to give yourself the energy, the stamina, and the momentum to keep going. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you had asked me that during that darker time when I was in my 20s, I didn't know what self-care was at all. I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, I think that's become, like, very much more common now. Um, but it wasn't a thing when I was growing up. It's, it's something that I sort of learned as a part of my healing journey, and I mean healing in a holistic sense of, you know, getting my body to a healthier place, but also my mind and my heart and my spirit. Um, and so for me, you know, with the chronic conditions that I had, self-care, you know, self-love, pampering, all of those things felt completely out of reach. They were just, I didn't put creams on and stuff like that, you know, unless I was putting stuff on for medication, you know, so unless it was a medicated something, or I was trying to put something on so I wasn't in pain. Like, that was the only reason why I would ever interact with myself in that way yeah. for years. So it was really around that time that I started to, in the, in the process of what I was saying before about those tiny steps, you know, I say the definition of self-love is being more committed to your happiness than to your suffering in every single moment. And so that's where that definition for me comes from, because during that time, I started to incorporate tiny acts of self-care in order to go through this, you know, holistic healing process for myself. And there's still things that I do today. So I don't personally believe that like grand, you know, totalitarian, humongous statements like are really the way. Um, they just, they make me feel exhausted just thinking about it. And usually they're not sustainable and they usually just don't even make me feel that great, you know, at the end of the day. So I believe in these tiny, tiny moments. And I also believe in things that are affordable, things that are accessible, you know, all of those things. So 
I say all that to say that like my self-care looks very simple. It's like I wake up in the morning. I've started at the end of last year. I started putting my phone in my living room by my computer when I go to sleep. And I bought one of those like cheap alarms on Amazon, you know, and I, I use an alarm clock to wake up in the morning and that I do that because I love myself enough to wake up in the morning and not instill panic into my body the first thing in the morning, mm. right? Mm. That's really it, right? It doesn't have to be this like a huge, you know, leap. It's just, and, and that, those are the kinds of things I say to myself when I am trying on a new habit, like even when I tried on this habit because it's a relatively new thing that I'm doing in the last several months, I said, do I love myself enough to feel better in the morning? What would make me feel better in the morning? Do you know what I mean? Like just asking yourself those questions, it's very straightforward. And something else that, that I do for self-care, um, I'm not perfect at it, but I try, is I really try to cook for myself because I, I notice that I do have a lot of dietary restrictions with my uh, chronic conditions. And so I just noticed, and I also love junk food, like real talk, like <laughs> love junk food. Like if I could just have pizza and Twix bars all day, like I would never be kale ever again. Like I woman after my own heart, I totally get it. That is what dreams are made of, but um, it is also what illness is made of. So I don't, I don't do that. Um, you know, but I don't believe in restricting. Um, but I do notice a tremendous difference in my body, not in terms of the way I look in terms of how I feel when I have like this winter, I've been making like these two different soups that I make and I kind of, you know, make enough for two huge batches and then I'll freeze half. And, and so I'll kind of have a rotation going. And I notice a huge difference when I take the time to have that soup or that stew at home before I leave the house for my meetings or like in between my calls or whatever. And, you know, it makes me feel so good. And I also feel great because I'm saving a lot of money. So I feel like I'm honoring my money. It's not because I don't have the money. It's more just like honoring the money that I've been given. Yeah. And um, so that, you know, makes a huge difference. And then, I mean, self-care, I mean, self-care comes in every moment to me, I think, but um, I give myself a lot of time to rest, you know, yeah. especially this last year with building my uh, startup, Chronicon, which I'm still building. Um, it's, it's, it's like birthing a baby, it feels like, you know, so, I mean, I've never had children, but it's the, the version that I know of. Yeah. It feels like giving birth to something is incredibly meaningful to me. And so I work a lot, but I'm also tired. Like I just, and not even like I need to go to sleep. I just want to like watch TV and veg out and mm. talk on the phone with a girlfriend and not talk about work and, you know, just do that kind of thing. So I give myself a lot of time to do that as well. Thank you so much, Ninika, for all of these amazing tips and for this Beautiful story. I just have one more thing uh, regard with regards to your experience having a chronic illness. For those women who are listening and they may be newly diagnosed with something and she feels like, oh my God, this diagnosis is in like 
direct competition with the business that I'm trying to build or the dream that I have. What advice would you have for her today to keep going? The biggest thing is that giving yourself time to sort of digest what just happened and like how you're learning something about your body that could be really challenging um, I think is really, really important when you're first being diagnosed and navigating that, right? And that doesn't mean like, let's say you got diagnosed last year or six months ago. It's like, it's not about like the physical like hours or like the actual hours. It's really like giving yourself the time to go through, it's sort of like a grieving process, which I think a lot of people don't even realize um, that you're going through it. And it's the grieving of, you know, what you thought your body was going to be doing during your lifetime, it might be the grieving of a certain type of food that you have to eat now, or the grieving of, you know, certain things that you, medications you have to take. There's so many things that are wrapped up in that process and in getting diagnosed with a chronic illness that, um, you know, that is something to, to just be aware of and really be diligent about giving yourself that time. And then I also think um, you're absolutely able to follow your dreams. I mean, I have followed my dreams for the last 10 years and done multiple things that I never thought possible. And I just know that having a chronic condition, I think has actually made me, I think a smarter entrepreneur in a lot of ways because I've had to really incorporate rest and really be mindful about pacing myself and really be mindful about making sure I get enough sleep and making sure I'm not just like chugging coffee all day or, you know, like just all these things that you think are a hindrance, but they're actually really helpful. You'd be surprised. It could be your greatest superpower. If you could look back and give your younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Um, if I could give myself any piece of advice, I think it would be like, don't be afraid to go off the beaten path. Um, you're going to see other people doing it their way and assume that you have to do it their way. Know that your way is, is the best way and like trust yourself in that. Mm, trust yourself. How can our audience find you? Yeah, well, I'm on Instagram at Nitika Chopra and I'd love to see you there. We also have Chronicons Instagram, which is spelled chronic. O-N, so there's not a second C at the end, um, but it's Chronicon Official. And I also have a podcast, so if you love listening to podcasts, which you probably do if you're listening to this one, um, it's called The Point of Pain, and it's streaming anywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more about Chronicon? What is that conference about, and who are you looking for as attendees? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's being built into sort of a platform for people um, and elevating the lives of people who have a chronic illness. And we have a hero event every year. We have a main event and we had our first one in 2019 in October and we sold out weeks before the conference even happened. And this year in 2020, we're bringing it to um, a bigger audience right here in New York City. And anyone can attend, whether you have a chronic illness or not. I have a lot of friends who came out to support and were incredibly moved by the conversation just because they know people that struggle with it or they have other things happening in their body that maybe it's not a chronic illness, but they learned so much about, 
you know, the emotional um, components of navigating our lives with our bodies. And um, yeah, and so anyone can attend. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nitika. I cannot wait to hopefully have you back soon. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.